live from inside Jabba's Palace. It's the Movie Change-Up Podcast Disney Plus Weekly Review, where each week, uh, me, Joe Fricky, and uh, my co- guest host, co-host, Tristan Mayer, break down this week in Disney Plus, and uh, I'll be honest, it was kind of a slow week in Disney Plus this week. Uh, we weren't on last week. I was home visiting my parents for the holiday, and so we'll be covering the last two weeks in Disney Plus, but I think Disney kind of knew it was the holiday week. People weren't going to be around much, so really the only drop uh, the last two weeks are uh, the Book of Boba Fett. I think there were some more like little kid properties, but we don't really cover those because no matter how good or bad they are, at the end of the day, our review is going to be like, hey, if you're six, you'll like it, but it's not for us. So we don't really review those. Uh, yeah, something stands out maybe once in a while. Yeah, like sometimes we cover like a lot of maybe like high school age or like teenage or maybe middle school aim stuff, but like anything that's aimed to like elementary school, we're just not really going to review because, you know, when you're in your late 20s, it's hard to gauge like, is this actually good because it's not aimed at us at all. So uh, we avoid that. Uh, but Tristan, I will give a shout out to Miraculous Ladybug. This got dropped on Disney Plus. That's uh, a t- uh, young kid aiming show that I got some joy out of watching uh, back in the days on TV. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch that, it might be a fun chill out background kind of watch show with some fun characters. It just got dropped uh, this week. So if you're a superhero fan, it's kind of like a kid superhero show. Right. <laughs> so if you want your kids to get into superhero genre, but you don't want to necessarily show them like Captain America or Falcon the Winter Soldier or something like that, this is a bit more, uh, maybe something that you could show them. But if you want to watch a cool thing and a good thing, do what I did and binge watch Cobra Kai this weekend. Not on Disney Plus. That's on Netflix, but we're not sponsored by Disney Plus, so we can recommend whatever we want on this show. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's start with the book of Boba Fett, the main topic, the headlining topic. We have two episodes to talk about. First episode, Stranger in a Strange Land, uh, opens essentially where we find out, basically got all the information that they gave to us in the trailer. Boba Fett, he has escaped the Sarlacc pit, and he wants to, well, he escapes the Sarlacc pit, gets saved by the Tusken Raiders, working with the Tusken Raiders a little bit after being captured and kind of showing his worth to them and being allowed to live with them. And then also uh, kind of slowly starting to build his criminal empire, um... He doesn't want to rule how Jabba ruled. He has his own different. He has his own code. He has his own morals. That's kind of the whole gist of the episode. A lot of people speculated, oh, was this originally going to be a six-episode show? And they split, you know, episode one into two episodes. And I think by just everything revolving episode two, we can kind of say that that's not true. It wouldn't have really made sense for this to be all one episode, especially with the length of episode two being 52 minutes. I don't see them being like, episode one is an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, I think overall gen- the general populace was a little bit lower on this episode. I know I rated it around a 6, you rated it around a 5. Uh, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, uh, I, but I feel like the general consensus is like, what we saw wasn't necessarily bad, but it was just like, we didn't really see much. So it was kind of like, what's going on? What What is this? I, I, I think there were a lot of themes in this episode, but I'll let you talk before I get to kind of my breakdown of more of the thematic ep- points of this episode. Yeah, you mentioned that my score was a bit lower than yours. I gave it a five because I was a bit disappointed by this. I don't want to start out with the negatives because there were things that I liked. I thought some of the action, especially towards the end, was really interesting. And uh, the kind of parkour of it all was really cool because you hadn't seen something like that in Star Wars before, not in live action. So it was cool to see that on the rooftops of 
of Tatooine, you know, it kind of reminded me of like playing Battlefront 2 and jumping around on the jetpacks on top of the buildings in Mos Eisley and running around like that. That was always fun. And I also enjoyed the music in this. I thought the music in this episode was really great and kind of like that operatic tone hanging over Boba Fett as he's recovering from the Sarlacc pit. He's covered in dust and barely like looking like a human at all. And there's just kind of like this hanging operatic kind of, I don't know, it made it feel very larger than it was, you know, elevated what you what you're seeing to kind of like this bigger kind of scale. And we'll talk about it more in the second episode. I thought the second episode was a bit of a step up in a lot of ways. But for me, the problems in the first episode were I'm going to disagree with you when you said that that they couldn't have made these two episodes uh, one. Because I think I mean I think you could have edited it down, but like people were saying that like they had it, they had it cut ready to go, and then just people make it seem like they were just like, oh, we're gonna cut cut it here and split it because we want seven episodes instead of six. I mean, I think you could have edited it down originally and like rewrote it and moved things around to make it one, but I don't think it was like originally like six episodes they were cut and ready to go, and Disney was like, oh, make it seven. Well, yeah, maybe not that specific, yeah. but I do feel like. The majority of this first episode to me felt like a lot of wasted time. And uh, I try and watch this. Like, I know I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I have preconceived ideas of these characters and these places and things like that. But I try for these first episodes to watch it as if I'm some casual Disney Plus viewer. And, like, I, I know Star Wars. Maybe I watched The Mandalorian back in uh, two years ago when it was on or whatever. And you're like, oh, I know about with that. And you watch that first episode. I think that does nothing to hook the casual viewer in it, it does nothing to set up what the story of the of the, of the season is going to be i felt kind of disoriented by it i didn't necessarily get an idea for what to expect thematically or plot wise or anything i just i wish we got a bit better picture of where the show is going from here from that first episode because to me it felt like an hour to, to say this is how it got out of the starlight pit and like a really long version of the trailer because they were like oh we can't show in the interviews before this, they said, oh, we can't show anything past, like, the first half of the first episode because the spoilers are just be too big. You know, they're going to be two spoilers, too, too much to give away. And then, like, nothing happened in the whole episode. And I was like, well, <laughs> not much to spoil, I guess, because there was no progress to the plot and there was no reveals and there was, like, nothing really happened in terms in any any meaningful way. So I was wondering, like, what what were they hiding? And even in the second episode, I'm not quite sure what they were hiding. Yeah. Like I, I, I we'll get back to the first episode. And like, like you were, you were saying, I was like, well, I, thinking back on the second episode, like maybe there's a couple character reveals you'd want to hide, but they weren't much. Like, I don't really know what they were like too afraid to show really like everything for the most part. And like, it was good, but I was just like, I don't know what they were like trying to hide, I guess. But when I, you know, I think there are, you know, looking back at that first episode, I think to a certain degree it is about it's kind of showing you what was going to happen further on in this show. Like the main focus of the Tuscans in the first episode where you had the child Tuscan, the warrior Tuscan and the chief Tuscan. And I feel like it was very much showing like this is the path of Boba Fett. We saw him in the prequels as the child. We saw him in the original trilogy as the warrior. And now we're going to see him become the chief. And then there were a whole bunch of thematic stuff with life and death and sand and water and water representing life. You see the like quick cut of Camino where he was born and then you see the you know this emergence of him coming basically being rebirthed through the sands of Tatooine and him digging through the sand looking for water trying to survive and there's a whole bunch of thematic stuff there but that isn't really so much of like what's go like 
parsing through of like showing you what the show is going to be about. That was more just like a story for that episode, but I kind of like some of the stuff in there, but that's me. I, I don't know if that's me looking at what's there. It's just me who is always good at English clash bullshitting my way to a B plus, you know, basically I can find stuff to make some bullshit, you know, are you there? Are you frozen? Tristan froze again. This happened a lot last time. I don't know what's wrong with his internet. Are you there now? Oh, he went away, so now I have to talk. Uh, but yeah, I liked the first episode. I wasn't... I think most people, the general idea with this episode was, uh... Wasn't as great. Makes me a little bit nervous for the reaction to Kenobi. because uh, I'm not sure what their, you know, idea for this is gonna be as far as a slow burn. Or what that's gonna be, but we'll find out soon. Alright, I'm done talking. Can you hear me? Did you... How much did you hear of what I said? I can hear I heard everything you said. I'm not sure why I was suddenly gone. But, yeah, I I appreciate your thematic insight into this because I do, at some point, Star Wars is just kind of about making it up as you go along in some ways. You know, like how much of the stuff that we read into in the original trilogy is just us, like, making it up in our heads, you know? And uh, I think that's kind of the fun of Star Wars is, like, like you... it limits its appeal to outsiders when everything that's interesting is like thematically attached to other. Hello? You're cutting in and out quite a bit. I, don't, I can't really catch anything you're saying. I don't know if you're going to have to end up restarting your internet or disconnecting or what, but I can't hear what you're saying at all. So back to me talking about sand and water. Uh, sand, basically, in this show, I'm getting the idea, you know, it's Tatooine, it's it's dry desert planet, represents death, water, obviously, represents life, all that jazz. Um, show's a lot harder when you only have yourself to talk to, and, uh, water's good, sand's bad. Uh, some of the other stuff in this episode, uh, I really like the old Pat Noswell shout-out from Parks and Rec, his rant. Um, uh, see if Tristan messaged me. And, uh, Parks and Rec rant, where he's, uh, has to do his, in the filibuster episode, where he was, like, talking about what he would do, uh, for the Infinity Saga in the MCU and jumping universes, and, oh, I would jump to the Star Wars universe, and he said, I start on the desert twin suns above Tantooine, and you pan down, and you see the gauntlet of Boba Fett reach out and uh i like how basically they did that shot for shot obviously not thanos and the infinity saga but the whole pan down from the twin suns the uh boba fett's gone it reaches up out of the sand and he pulls himself out i thought that was really cool and definitely uh intentional especially because i think they retweeted him being him acknowledging that they uh, had borrowed from him so if you haven't seen that on uh youtube or if you haven't watched parks and rec uh probably just google uh book of boba fett parks and rec filibuster and uh you will you will find uh where they've compiled them together uh, i'm trying to think some of the other stuff i liked uh the uh i can't remember his name but it's david uh pasquale pasquale something like that uh he's kind of the hand of the mayor he's a really fun fun character that i that i like want to see more of him he's kind of this 
I'll say snivelly, but uh, kind of cowardly guy. Also, like the interaction between Fennec and uh, Boba Fett, where Fennec is kind of more aware of the more recent uh, political workings on Tatooine, where he shows up and he, you know, he Boba Fett's expecting this guy to pay him as kind of like, hey, we'll protect you, whole thing, and the guy's like, hey, how this works now? You know, you you if you're criminal underworld and you want to work on Tatooine, you got to pay the mayor. And I, I thought that was cool. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's been a been a week since I watched the episode, so just trying to dial back, remember, focus on the episode. I have no idea where Tristan is. Hopefully, he comes back on soon. And uh, yeah, talking to yourself. And uh, anyways. Uh, we'll talk about this later on, but I'm just going to pitch kind of where I think this show is going to go. I think it's going to go one of two ways, you know, and we'll talk this a little bit more after I talk about episode two, but, uh, one of two ways. I think either, you know, cause there were the reference to there's multiple tribes of Tuscans on Tatooine. And so I think these, the flashbacks for the next few episodes are going to be him, going to these other tribes and talking to these other tribes and becoming members of these other tribes and ultimately becoming kind of the leader, de facto leader of the Tuscans. And so when he becomes kind of the, I think, modern day, quote-unquote modern day, as he's trying to rule Tatooine, I think, because I think Crimson Dawn is going to be the big bad, especially Kira, who is in Solo as the leader, there's going to be a point where he's surrounded. And they're like, you thought you... Fennec Shand and two Gamorrean guards were going to take over Tatooine. Like, there's way more of us. And I think all of the Tuscans of Tatooine are going to move in and surround Crimson Dawn. And uh, it's kind of going to be the moment of reveal where the two storylines merge. Or, I think the Pike slash Crimson Dawn at some point came in, wiped out most of the Tuscans, and now uh, Boba Fett wants revenge. And so he is going to, uh, he, basically that's the storyline of why he wants to become the daimyo, or the leader of the Tuscan, the underworld, is to gain power, to wipe out the pikes, wipe out Crimson Dawn, wipe out whoever was responsible for killing the Tuscans. I think it's going to be one of two options, and I think both of them could be pretty cool, depending on how it goes. Um, yeah. So, Boba Fett, I think, is a really interesting character. I don't know why people online are complaining. They're like, oh, they made him a good guy. It's like, oh, you mean the guy that's ruthlessly attacking people and is trying to become a criminal, you know, the leader of the criminal underworld on Tatooine? You're saying that guy has now been made a good guy by Disney. What is your definition of a good guy? Because my definition of a good guy usually doesn't involve people trying to become leaders of the criminal underworld. Um... Yeah, talking to yourself is fun. And, uh... Yeah. And, uh, I like Fennec Shane a lot. Ooh, uh, can't wait to talk Black Chrysanthemum when Tristan comes back on. What his thoughts on Black Chrysanthemum? That's fun, especially for a comics reader. Uh, he's the Black Wookiee that appeared. He's prevalent in the comics. And, uh... 
it's kind of a badass. That's definitely a fight that's going to happen. Boba Fett versus Black Chrysanthemum. And a, I think that's going to be kind of the pivotal point when we know that Boba Fett's healed from the uh, back to tank. Or the back to pod, I guess, as they call it in this show. It's different. You lay down. You don't stand up. I guess maybe that's the difference between a tank and a pod. Either way. Uh, there's been rumors of certain characters appearing. I have thoughts on that, but... I don't know if I want to reveal that, spoil that, of how I think that's going to go until maybe that character appears. We also, it's been noted, Dave Filoni is uh, writing and directing episode 6 of this show, so I think if there's going to be a big appearance by any Clone Wars characters, that's the episode it's going to be. So that's the episode I put money on if you're thinking any certain bounty hunters that appeared in the Clone Wars are on are going to appear. That's the episode. And uh, Tristan may have died. Tornado may have attacked his house. We don't know. I can only talk for, by myself for so long before I really go into craziness. And uh, uh, another, let's give a shout out to the Round 2, the film sequel podcast. Uh, you know, it's hosted by a friend of the show, Darren Kirscht. Uh Tristan has been on. I believe he talked Toy Story 2. So if you're a big Toy Story 2 fan or you just like the sound of Tristan's voice, uh, go check out the Round 2, the film sequel podcast, and you will hear Tristan talk Toy Story 2. This weekend, I'm filming an episode of that show where I'm going to be talking Clerks 2. I ran out of stuff to talk about, so I started promoting Darren's podcast and your appearance on it where you talk Toy uh, Story yes. 2. Toy Story 2, much better sequel than Clerks 2, I would say. Uh, that's probably accurate, but I wanted to talk about something that wasn't generic to generic that everyone else was going to want to talk about so i was like oh what's like a random movie that has a sequel that i like and i went with clerks too anyways back to the topic at hand what all what were we talking about when you i was gonna say should we start from the beginning of the of so you just did no i I talked about some stuff i i talked the entire time okay so we're in the middle of the first episode of boba fett and we were kind of coming to the end of the first episode and beginning to transition to the second but we were in the middle of talking about like what were they what was the point of all the secrecy why do they hide oh the yeah well, that's kind of what i'm talking so about but i think trailers? that conversation kind of died out of like what did they what what were they hiding uh but yeah you ready to move into episode two yeah i'm ready because for me when i finished episode one i had kind of doubts about why do i need a boba fett show you know mm. what is the point of this show what am i gaining from this because i like boba fett he's interesting i guess to look at but he's never really been a character that i cared that much about to like get to know more of or anything like that and the first first episode did not sell me on that but the second episode definitely started to so yeah i want to talk about the second one yeah. for sure yeah i was kind of with you like i was i've never been a big boba fett fan like as far as like if you were to say rank your fifteen favorite Star Wars characters, like Boba Fett would never come to mind. Like I'm Darth Maul's my number one, but if the Clone Wars didn't exist, he would not even sniff being the top of my list either, because there's nothing to that character, and that's kind of how I feel Boba Fett is. So many people imprint so much onto Boba Fett that when now we're looking at Robert Rodriguez, what was imprinted on like Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau. And it doesn't line up with their headcanon that are getting mad. And they're like, Boba Fett was like this. It's like, no, he wasn't. You just thought he was, but nothing ever said that. Anyways, back to our actual conversation. Uh, Episode 2 is titled The Tribes of Tatooine. Um, We had three characters from previous Star Wars canon appear, Tristan. Not including, you know, characters from the first episode. Do you know who they are? I, oh... 
You know, Joe, we've had plenty of movies this year and plenty of episodes this year where you see something and you're like, oh, I know that guy. You know, I remember him from the other thing. And then as soon as that, as soon as that Wookiee showed up, I was like, I've seen that guy in the comic books. I know him. Black Kersantan. Black Kersantan, yes. yes. I finally got to recognize a comic book character in this Star Wars show. I felt so good about myself. Yep. I was hyped as soon as Black Kersantan walked on stage. That's a fight that's going to happen. I mean, Boba Fett and Black Kersantan have fought at this point in the canon, but to watch that fight happen this time, he's also in canon fought uh, Obi-Wan and Han Solo. <laughs> and if you notice, there was a scar across his face right here. He got that from our boy Obi-Wan Kenobi, so that's kind of a fun uh, tie-in. Uh, he's a Wookie, I love comic books. Yeah, he's a Wookiee bounty hunter. I'm not a big comic book Star Wars guy just because there's too much of it, honestly. Like, if there's a good arc, I'll go check it out, but I'm not one that keeps up with it week to week on any level. Uh, but there were two other characters from previous Star Wars canon. Did you know who they are? I believe we had some appearances from uh, Luke's friends, yep. I would imagine, from Tashi Station. I couldn't, yep. I wouldn't have, I, I would imagine they're the people who are being harassed. By the by, the scoundrels. Yeah, it's the human human couple at Tashi Station. Cami and Fixer are Luke's Luke and uh, Biggs's childhood friends uh, that were in deleted scenes of A New Hope. So that's how. We didn't even see power converters. Is what I was mad about. I was like, that would have been a bridge too far. Power converters. (laughs) That would have been a bridge too far. I think if they had any kind of brought up power converters but yeah those are so i know you said in you know when we talked mandalorian you didn't like them bringing in old characters are you fine with this level of old characters when they're like oh here's a random wookie from the comics and oh here's two characters from deleted scenes yeah i'm fine with these because it's like you you do not need to know anything about these characters at all to understand this show like even more so than the previous episode i feel like this one works as a premiere (laughs) like i could almost show this episode by itself to somebody and be like, here's Book of Boba Fett, and there's also like one that is before this too. Yeah. <laughs> and this could be like an interesting do you think, uh, start. Not if they were the same episode, but do you think the reaction to episode one would have been different if they pulled a Hawkeye and Jay, they just released both? If they had a week off before Hawkeye, or they did Hawkeye, had a week off, and then just dropped the both first two episodes today, do you think the reaction to episode one would have been different? Yeah, I think it definitely would be because people would think, oh, the first episode was okay, then it really took off in the second. And that's how I felt that the first episode was okay, but a lot of what it did with the Tusken Raiders and stuff like that was important in the end for the second episode. It really made it hit a lot harder when you got to see that arc pay off. And yeah, yeah, this episode had that great train heist kind of scene. Very reminiscent. That was some great action. Very reminiscent of Solo, which I think was on purpose because... I think I think it's con- with every moment, everything we've seen, it confirms more and more of my theory that uh, Crimson Dawn is the big bad. Yeah, if we're, if we're already if we're already seeing the mayor, I thought maybe the mayor would be the big bad. But if we're already seeing him and it's just like an authorian that I mean, I guess he has power, but like Boba Fett could kick his ass. I'm not really seeing this guy as maybe a big bad, but maybe as the series goes on and we see more and more, I could be like, oh, yeah, I buy this mayor. It's like the big villain of the series. Just like Gus Fring is like the big bad of uh, um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, and he's not like some big imposing guy. Yeah, I'm sure that the mayor is just a, a pawn in a larger scheme or, you know, one yeah. one part in this bigger play because he does make the point of like you need to focus on who actually hired this hand to kill you because yeah. it wasn't me and I, I at least bought him in that moment. I, like you walk in there, you think, of course, 
he sent the killer. But I thought at the end, he, it definitely felt like a twist where it was like, oh, he didn't send him. And now we're on like the next path of the mystery of like who's trying to take up Boba Fett. Yeah. And do you know who voiced uh, the mayor? I don't. It was a familiar voice that I didn't recognize. It was the voice of the director of episode one, Robert Rodriguez. Ah, okay. So it was a familiar, familiar yeah. voice. And then uh, I was—I forgot to the the Rodian in episode one that Boba Fett was kidnapped with. Do you know who voiced him? No, you not. Sam Witwer. Ah, okay, another familiar voice. Yeah, he didn't really have any English or you know basic lines. It was all just gibberish, so it's a lot harder yeah, to tell. Yeah, I wouldn't recognize him in there. But yeah, <laughs> Sam Witwer, who people know for the voice of Darth Maul, and he was uh, Galen uh, Merrick, I believe, in uh, Force Unleashed video games. So yeah, he was Star Killer. Yeah, Star Killer. And uh And uh yeah, I wanted you mentioned last episode the kind of like rebirth of water and things like that and it all kinda of coming together in this this sandy place without water and that felt very prominent here, especially in Boba Fett's kind of dream sequence, you know, and oh, yeah, where he goes great. to that tree and kind of has this grips of who he was in his past and who he is now and being reborn through the Sarlacc pit and through this and I love that series. What do you think of that? Oh uh, yeah, I really liked it. It was one of my favorite parts of the episode. As it was going on, I'm like, okay, whatever Tristan thought about the rest of the episode, he's all in on this part. <laughs> Just because I I like the weirdness of it. Of like, it's very much like Native American, like spiritual guy type of thing. Of like, they give him the lizard, and they're like, the lizard will show you the way. And I thought like he was like gonna have to like follow the lizard through the desert, and it immediately went up his nose, and like stuff started going crazy. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like this is what I want from Star Wars. This is what I feel like Star Wars has slightly been missing in the Disney era. Is a lot of this like weirdness. Like this feels like straight out of like something George Lucas would have written. Yeah, this definitely was what really, uh, got me in the episode a bit more. And I've mentioned in this previous Star Wars stuff is that I feel like the Force is a very active presence, like throughout the throughout the plot, even even outside of Jedi stuff. And I feel like this is so, somehow a way of the Tusken Raiders and Boba Fett getting in touch with the Force out here in Tatooine through this lizard, you know. And I I do feel like he had some kind of Force vision in this moment. And I didn't even not, think ma- of that not meaning he's Force sensitive, but meaning that he plugged into yeah. the Force in some yeah. way. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Like, maybe this lizard species has, like, a high midichlorian count, and when it went up his nose and attached to his bloodstream, for a flash, it gave him, like, a a dose of midichlorians or something. Yeah, that's my my headcanon. I talk about reading too much into something. I have a whole backstory for this lizard. I need a book of lizard. (laughs) Give me that lizard backstory. Yeah, give me a lizard, uh, uh, what's the, Salacious B. Crumb team-up show. (laughs) I saw a funny tweet regarding the lizard where they they were mentioning how Star Wars will make up crazy names for characters and, and be like, oh, you're sweating like a, a babaloosh on, on this planet. And then they'll just be like, oh, that's a lizard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that reminds me of something I wanted to say because like the he Boba Fett in like the quote unquote like modern times, like the modern timeline of this, uh, he calls himself a daimyo, which is like a Japanese, you know, word as far as like basically what his title is and character is and people have a problem with that because they're like oh it's too human it's like yeah you're right it's too human they should stick with other star wars titles like senator chancellor <laughs> emperor captain general you know those things that we don't use on earth i do think mayor is a weird name for a yeah. an alien i'm like <laughs> i'm like they have mayors <laughs> yeah. no couldn't they have been I like guess. a general or like a sheriff or something it's <laughs> yeah. that part of that it's new republic era name. you know Yep. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, I think I have two ideas for how this show is going to go, and I, I I think both of them are equally valid, and I'm not sure which one. Option one 
is essentially because they brought up the title of this episode was the tribes of Tatooine and the chief or whoever it was kind of brought up that there are other tribes on Tatooine and I don't think that's going to be something that doesn't go anywhere like that's not just going to be like oh there are other tribes of Tuscans and then we just never see them so I think the first option is throughout the flashbacks moving forward we're going to see Boba Fett kind of maybe merge the tribes or become members of the other tribes and leaders of the other tribes and uh, then in the like present day story as he's gaining power in Tatooine and tries to usurp the mayor I think maybe Crimson Dawn or whoever the big villain group is it's going to be Fennec Shand, Boba Fett his two Gamorrean guards the evil group surrounds them and they're like oh you thought you were going to take Tatooine over with your like three people like we have you outnumbered and then boom all of the Tuscans move in and surround them and it's kind of the merging of the two storylines and you realize like okay that's how it went or option B you know he sees the other Tuscans he becomes part of like and a lot of these tribes emerge and you kind of see maybe they're not so much tribes it's just like all one tribe but spread out so much Mm -hmm. either way and then Crimson Dawn or whoever the big villain is came through and wiped out and killed most of the Tuscans and so now Boba Fett's basically trying to become leader of the underworld so he can gain power so he can get revenge for the Tuscans and I'm not sure which option it's going to be I like both of those I my I have a a slightly different theory that I'm going to run with for you and see what you think of it uh because it was something that I thought of when they introduced this high-speed train that was shooting them down. And I initially thought, oh, is that going to be a newer public train that's going out and clearing out the Tuscan Raiders? And you have this morally complex idea of the newer public is doing this this thing that they think is uh, for the good of the Republic or whatever. But in reality, they're killing these people and Boba Fett is there trying to defend them. So I do wonder if we could get a twist at some point where we think the bad guys are going to be Crimson Dawn or some big evil crime syndicate, but maybe the bad guys are going to end up being the newer public coming in to kill, to shut down this crime, uh, crime in the outer rim. You know, maybe we're going to get a sequence where Boba Fett has to fight against the newer public, and that could be really. I think if you want to have a Boba Fett show, for me, I want it to be like a little bit darker. Give me like the Boba Fett who will really bend the rules and really push it to some a limit more so than like the guy who is very good. And try and do the right thing. I want to see that kind of start to crumble a bit and push him to his limits a bit more and see Excellent. where that character is going to go. And I would, I think a good way to do that would be to bring in the, the people we think of as the heroes as the villains of the show. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be cool. I'd definitely make, add some layers when uh, Boba Fett appears in like other crossover episodes or, you know, if they have like a cross, if they make Rangers of the New Republic, like a crossover show or whatever they're crossover show is going to be and then he's kind of aligned with members who are part of the new republic i think it'd be interesting so i wouldn't hate that idea you know i'd like it it'd be interesting yeah we hear a lot how oh the the rebellion sometimes is just like the empire and it's like we hear that from people but that's not we never really like yeah. seen that in action so it would be cool to see that in action to see the the good guys be the villains yeah. here so the big rumor spoiler going around about a character appearance that might appear in the show do you want to hear it or not Give it to me, Joe. Why not? So there's word that a certain uh, smuggler from Corellia might appear in the book of Boba Fett. And I have my thoughts on how I think it'll go down. Because so many people think it's going to be like Harrison Ford, like face mapped over another actor, like a DH'd Harrison Ford, but I don't think that's what it's going to be. I would love to see Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, that's, that's what I, I think it's going to be a flashback to pre A New Hope. 
and it's going to be Boba Fett. You don't even need to do any kind of anything because you can just have a different, like a skinnier actor that matched more what he looked like in the original trilogy era. Have Tamara Morrison do the voiceover. He has his helmet on the whole time. And then you have Alden Ehrenreich. And I think the whole conversation, you know, whatever their episode or scene together is going to be, all it is going to be is a scene to set up Kira. So when she shows up as part of Crimson Dawn, or maybe we even have a younger Kira there. Not younger, but like, you know, a 30-year-old Kira there. So then when she shows up in present day as the leader of Crimson Dawn, if you haven't watched Solo, you have some context for who she is. I think that's all it's going to be as far as the Han Solo appearance. I don't think... To me, like Han Solo appearing post-Return of the Jedi, like, what does that do? Like, I'd rather see, like, their first mission together than, or, like, the time... And then have use that as a way to give backstory for Kira than just be like, oh, like, look at Boba Fett and Han make up after, or f- go against each other. Because I don't see Han and Boba Fett going against each other again without, like, one of them ending up, like, injured or dead. And yeah, I don't, but I also don't see them, like, hugging and making up and being like, oh, I'm sorry for what I did, bro. Jabba sucked, wasn't he? He was, like, the worst boss ever. Yeah, I'm curious because, yeah, I'm not a fan of doing the face mapping of actors. It, to me, feels weird and it feels like you're just putting, like, a cartoon in the in, in the show. Uh, I, I know people are people like that, and I understand the technology is new and exciting, and I really like the behind-the-scenes of it. But for me, it's very off-putting and, like, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes uncomfortable to look at and, uh, I hope they can back, they just bring in the actor. I think that's more interesting to recast the character than it is to do like a computer version of the character. I, I love to see different actors take on an iconic character like that. So, if they're gonna bring back Harrison Ford, I mean uh, Han Solo, I'd rather them just have it be Alden then, right? I think that makes the most sense. As for the timeline, I'm not sure. It depends where they go with these flashbacks. Do they keep us in this kind of post Return of Jedi era the whole time, or, or do we go further back? Is is this Tusken Raider arc the whole entire? point of these flashbacks or is that are we going to go back to or do we go even further than that you full know, christopher I... nolan batman begins and we get a flashback within a flashback and like he's hanging out with the tuscans and then he has a flashback to han solo and his first mission yeah. with the armor go ryan murphy with it yeah. yeah i get a flashback within that flashback then they can go in that flashback and tell a story about somebody else that they knew and then that can flash to that story and then in that story they'll be like my grandma she did this and then flash to the grandma story exactly. that's a ryan murphy writing approach yeah exactly also, I, I like it though. I would be interested to see. It's a big risk when you bring in characters. Obviously, like you could yeah. really, you could make mess with it too much or just make it feel like a weird force thing. But yeah, it all depends. And I think honestly, Boba Fett and Han Solo have enough of a history that it wouldn't feel out of place for that to make to be there. You know, it wouldn't be like he had to go out of his way to make Han Solo show up. Yeah, and one thing too with like Boba Fett, any character that's connected to Boba Fett that appears like to me doesn't wouldn't feel like out of place. Like Bosk showing up, Han Solo showing up. It's like if like a character not connected to Boba Fett on any level showed up, then I'd be like, all right, this is weird. Like if Captain Rex, I mean, I guess there's the connection there because they're clones, but like they're just they're both from like completely different parts of like the quote unquote Star Wars world of like Boba Fett was or Rex was like a clone who fought in the army and everything and he's just a complete opposite and it would be weird if he showed up in Book of Boba Fett but maybe Rex was a bad example because they're both Django clones but I think you get what I'm trying to say. I know what you're saying. It would be different if they pulled some random Jedi out of the the New Order and you're like yeah this guy's going to show up. If the Force Ghost (laughs) of Yoda or you know 
Force Ghost of Yoda showed up in Book of Boba Fett to tell Boba Fett life lessons, I would be like, what is what is this? This is dumb. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I talked about during my little, uh, when I was on for a while by myself, it's revealed episode six of this show is going to be written and directed by Dave Filoni. So any Clone Wars characters that may appear, any animated characters that might appear, it's probably where we should expect them to appear as in episode six. Yeah, that's a good guess, and I would have to imagine Rex is among them. Honestly, you were, you were like, "Oh, it's crazy if Rex is in the show," and I, I, I was just trying to think not. of like Clone Wars characters, and he was like the first one that popped into my head. And then as I was talking, I'm like, okay, he was probably a bad example, but it'd be weird if Ahsoka showed up. Uh, I mean, they're both. I mean, it depends on the context of why, I guess. If there's, if she came in and was like, "Hey, there's a problem with Grogu," like that'd be weird, but any. Like, that wouldn't be weird, but anything outside of that, it would be, if that makes sense. Because they have that connection of Grogu, but... So do you have any predictions now that we're two episodes in out of what's... Seven? I mean, I kind of gave my, like, general thoughts. I feel like he's definitely not going to die, because, I, I mean, it's all going to cross over and connect later. I, I think Boba Fett could die later on in this whole crossover Mandoverse, but I don't think he's dying in this. Do you think we get a season two, or do you think it's, like, a one-and-done deal? I would imagine it's a one and done deal because the kind of the title of it, Book of Boba Fett, to me sounds like it's this one off contained thing, and then maybe we get a book of Hondo, a book of Cad Bane, whatever they want to do next. Yeah. And yeah. of course, if this was a huge, humongous hit, I think they would go with season two. But unless it has like a huge upswing in social media talk and ratings, I don't know if it's going to be like, oh, we got to have more of this. I, I think it could be a, a nice filler between Mandalorian seasons and COVID seasons. Yeah, I think part of it is like, what what are you going to talk about on Twitter? You can be like, it's like Mando. Part of it was talking about like half the talk was about Grogu and like what's Grogu up this week, but a lot of it was like, oh, like this character, famous character showed up or this famous like, but no one's like, it's the general audience is going to go crazy because Boba Fett and Black Crescenton crossed paths. <laughs> they should though. They should. Yeah. All right, you ready to move on to our twenty twenty two preview? I'm ready to go. If twenty twenty one was. Not enough for you. 2022 seems like it's going to be tenfold. Yep. So I'm going to take the lead here because I have been doing some research on what we can expect from 2022. Uh, I have it broken down kind of essentially by like brand, you know, so I have Marvel and I have Star Wars and I have the Disney. So I'm going to start with uh, Marvel since you've been talking a bit about Star Wars for a while now. So I'm going to go ahead and scroll all the way down to Marvel here. The first one is what I think is probably going to be our next show. Uh, Oscar Isaac star vehicle, uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, my... It comes out. Uh, I don't know when it comes out. A lot of, most of these don't have actual like windows released, but we seem to know that they're going to be in 2022 and Moon Knight is kind of a glow trotting action adventure series. Uh, Oscar Isaac plays a complex vigilante. He suffers from dissociative identity disorder. So he has multiple personalities that all kind of live inside him and come out through uh, what it seems like it's going to be voiceover or he has different voices for the different characters. So Oscar Isaac, who obviously is a Star Wars actor, but more than that, a uh, well-regarded, uh, great actor and stuff like Dune and Inside Llewyn Davis and a lot of stuff. So uh, he's going to be leading Moon Knight. What do you think of Moon Knight, Joe? Any history of the character? Any excitement for the show? Uh, all I know is like whatever teaser trailer got leaked, I really don't know anything about Moon Knight except he's like a Marvel kind of version of Batman. Uh, my prediction is next Monday or... Yeah, Monday the uh, 10th, 
I believe we are going to get a trailer for Moon Knight because that is when the college uh, football national championship game is on ESPN. And I believe if the kind of, not rumors, but just guesswork of people when the premiere is going to be, they think it's going to be the basically that Wednesday after Book of Boba Fett ends that Moon Knight will premiere. Because then with the rumored number of length of episodes after that, uh, will be just the perfect length for Kenobi to start and then end on May the 4th. Uh, so I believe that's true, and I think that'd be the perfect time for Marvel to drop a, a trailer straight when everyone's watching the college football championship game. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction because, yeah, it's seemingly going to be the next show, and we don't know much about it. So I think they're going to, especially for Marvel, I think there's more of a pressure and for they some don't... reason to build it up as these big cultural events. And a lot of the times now they aren't doing like the debuts. Uh, at the game, so I wouldn't be surprised if the trailer just dropped sometime Monday during the day, and then they play it sometime during the game. You know, I, I would love to see it because I do like Moon Knight a lot. I have read some of his comic books. I've been kind of actually reading some of you know, Marvel Limited. They have like an essential Moon Knight list on there. So you, I've been going through and reading some of his arcs on there, getting ready for the show. It's gonna yep. be really exciting. I think you could be like a essentially a, a darker take on Deadpool. People. Like to call him Marvel's Batman, but he's much. He's not essentially. Let's say that because he's a dark vigilante, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's a, uh, a really going to be an interesting character to see brought to life, especially on Disney Plus, because they haven't been gone particularly dark with their Disney show with their Marvel shows yet. Like some of them are dark here and there, but this could be a much darker show than we've gotten from them so far. Yeah, I'm excited for it. it looks interesting. The little bit we've seen, so. Yeah, outside of that, uh, we're going to move forward slightly to the next show on, on here. Where is that list? After Moon Knight, we have uh, She-Hulk, Tatiana Maslany from Morphin Black. She plays She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters. She's a lawyer who specializes in superhuman uh, adjacent cases. Uh, so she is going to be playing She-Hulk in this. I no, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in the show. I'm not quite sure how much, but he was in that teaser that they showed briefly for She-Hulk. So, you know, he's at least in an episode or two. Uh, and they're saying that it's going to be much more of a comedy and less of an action series than some of the other shows are going to be. So I think we can expect some cheese, especially like uh, that trailer seemed to kind of harken back to the Luper Rigno Hulk era. So I would wonder if they're going to give us some kind of cheesy throwback kind of campiness uh, in the show, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun to watch, but I know nothing about She Hulk, so <laughs> I do. I'm not playing her in Fortnite. I'm a big She Hulk guy. Are, are you? Yeah. Who doesn't love She Hulk? It's Jessica Walters, man. She uh, does cases for, you know, superheroes. She's big <laughs> and green. Yeah, I see her in crossovers here and there. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, from what I've heard, I think it's going to be filmed a lot like a single cam comedy. Uh, apparently she's going to, from rumors, word on the street, she's going to break the fourth wall and whatnot. So I think she's going to have like those interview scenes similar to like The Office or Modern Family or earlier seasons of Parks and Rec. And I think, uh, with Mark Ruffalo, and I think that's going to be kind of the vibe they're going for, which will be interesting to see how Marvel fans react that maybe it's not fully MCU canon, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. should be a solid show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned that they shoot like a snow camera sitcom. I think that's really exciting because I know you weren't as hot on WandaVision as I was, but for me, what was interesting about WandaVision was that kind of experimental filmmaking of it and it didn't necessarily look and feel like every single other Marvel movie and show. It 
was able to let the filmmakers do some more interesting stuff, at least at the beginning of the show. My problem uh, so with that I, show I, is, like, the first four episodes that were weird and different, like you said, like, never mattered. You, If you were watching that show, you could have just skipped all of those episodes. And then the final fight scene in the final episode looked like it straight from a fucking Disney Channel original movie, so... And I wonder if this could be a little bit better than that, because it's not... Well, I can't say for sure, but it, it might not be as focused on the gimmick yeah. of the sitcom thing so they might be able to have that in there but not have it be like the central idea of the discussion and the whole focus of it yeah next up from marvel we have uh ms marvel uh kamala khan i somewhat know this character because she was the main character in the marvel avengers game that came out last year yeah i think that Uh, was supposed to be like a tie-in and there was supposed to be like crossover stuff but then COVID happened and completely delayed like everything and so uh Miss Marvel obviously ended up coming out like a year after it was supposed to be, so that didn't end up working out. Yeah, this show's been hitting the most, I think, of the delays and the problems of COVID compared to the rest of the Marvel shows here, at least on the, on the front of it. This show's been kind of pushed around a lot, and uh, it's it's about a teenage girl, 16-year-old Pakistani-American from New Jersey, I believe, uh, and she is kind of an aspiring artist and uh, a gamer and like a little kind of a, a nerd girl, and... In her comic book part uh, counterpart, she has kind of stretch, Mister Fantastic esque powers, where she can kind of shape shift her body and 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 things like that. But the, it seems from the marketing that they may have totally changed those powers and giving given her some kind of tech related abilities. So it'll be really interesting to see how they balance that. Like, how do they still make this feel like that character when the whole power set is not is totally different and. What does she eventually change and grow to have the shape shifting abilities? And how, what is, or they just go with the tech stuff to not make her feel like Mr. Fantastic and to give her kind of this Iron Man esque power to her? Who knows? We'll figure it out one day. And people will be mad, whatever they do, because that's what people on the internet do. Especially because the main focus is not a white guy. So people will be mad about that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting because I'm sure this, between this and She Hulk, it feels like we're going to get a lot of, uh, Certain subsets of the of, of the internet pretty angry about it. The MCU needs but, more straight white male leads. God, <laughs> fucking Kevin. Finn. I'm looking forward to Miss Marvel though. I liked her in the in the Marvel Avengers game. So I think if they can bring that kind of fun side of the character to life, she has a similar personality in a way to Spider Man. Spider Man is kind of like this bubbly, nerdy guy, and she's similar to Peter Parker in that way. Yeah. So it'll be fun to see how they bring that character to life. Well, that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Who's Peter Parker? Uh, I don't know. I forgot about him. Me don't too. remember. Same. <laughs> uh, the next two we got are some that uh, I'm sure are going to strike a lot of excitement in you, Joe. They're the top tier of, of uh, Marvel's production. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, this is holiday the joy rating out of my face. <laughs> Written and directed by James Gunn, which is nice to not just handing it off to some like rando on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. You know, they're they're at least trying to make it feel like it's it's part of the Maybe larger don't universe. Maybe and... hand it to the guy that just made the Suicide Squad, one of the worst movies of last year. Hey, I really like the Suicide Squad, you so uh, I'm not sure if he'll be bringing that much edge to the holiday special of Guardians of the Galaxy, but it'll be fun. I'm sure we'll get a lot of. Well, sure, I'm sure we'll get a joke somewhere in there about the Star Wars holiday special. You, I don't know how you don't when you have a Disney oh. holiday special. James Gunn knows, loves to do that kind of pulling from the meta. And I do love Guardians of the Galaxy and the way that he pulls from all these crazy random places in the comics. And I, I feel like we're going to get a scene where there's a Christmas party and he has a bunch of 
ridiculous characters in the background you know <laughs> i think it'll be fun to watch and especially in the holiday times it could be fun to just sit back and watch some dumb james gunn action comedy and then we have uh another dumb comedy it might not be as good but it's i am groot i don't necessarily know if this comes That's out in 2022 suck. but it's in the future it might not make it this year but it, it'll be next year if it doesn't nah. i imagine it's aiming for the kid demographic which i think That's is nice marvel uh Marvel needs to appeal to more than like twenty and thirty year old white dudes. That should. Who... <laughs> so maybe the you tickets. can have, you have this to you know get new kids appeal to the next generation and then and not just to like the nostalgia of new fans. You know, nostalgia of old fans. Make make new fans, new nostalgia. You know, in yeah. twenty years, people are gonna be like, man, I I miss I am Groot. You can bring that one back. Yeah. That's all we got for Marvel, Joe. How do you feel about the year in Marvel for 2022? Is that a lot for you? That's just the right amount, I think. You know, we need Falcon and Winter Soldier season three or two or whatever, though. I I'm looking forward to that. That would be a good one. I, I'm I would love to have Loki season two this year, but I don't think it's going to make that cut. They haven't even started filming it or anything. So yeah, I guess we got to wait on that one. Yep, a lot of waiting. All right, I'm going to move us down now to Disney. So these are like the Disney originals, not necessarily attached to Star Wars or Marvel, but still to some of their bigger IPs and stuff that we've talked about in the past. And maybe have some nostalgia for, speaking of nostalgia. But this first one is Cheaper by the Dozen. We talked about it very briefly before, oh, yeah. I think, whether it was on Isn't or off the, the podcast, Braff I don't remember. Zach Braff and Gabrielle <laughs> Union or whatever? Yeah, Zach Braff from Scrubs, Gabrielle Union, they're together from making it uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. I believe this is like the third or fourth version of this movie that has come out and then yeah there but... was the one back in the day and then there was the steve martin and then the sequel the steve martin one but the one that doesn't make sense is okay there's cheaper by the dozen and then there's yours mine and ours right and yours mine and ours is essentially cheaper by the dozen mixed with the brady bunch of like they have kids together but they also both had kids from like previous marriages i'm pretty sure in this cheaper by the dozen are coming in with like characters from pre or like kids from previous marriages so it's like okay you're calling it cheaper by the dozen but it's really yours mine and ours and that's bullshit all right you can't just make one and call it the other one it's stupid yeah, I think this movie it's, about a, that. it's a it's a cheaper by the dozen direct to Disney Plus. If this movie's above adequate, I'll be shocked. <laughs> I just hope it's better than Home Sweet Home Alone. You know, give me yeah. give me more than that. I think I was just surprised by how non awful them. It was just bad. It wasn't like complete <laughs> trash. We also have a sequel to a Disney classic. Uh, we have Hocus Disenchanted. Hocus Pocus Two is coming though. Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey return. Is, that, is uh, this a this show or a sequel. movie? I believe it's a show. Okay. Yeah, I never watched. I think I watched maybe the first one on a plane or something. I have like vague memories of it. I don't remember anything about it. I never really cared for it. Wasn't my thing. Make a sequel to Ella Enchanted. That's what I want. I I, I liked Enchanted, so I'm excited to see it. And Amy Adams, obviously, that was the movie the movie that really put her on the map in terms of movie acting. So I think it's exciting to kind of see that back brought to life. You know, we see all kinds of stuff brought back to life by Disney, but that's something that I would like to see. Yep. Next up, we have yeah another revitalization of something. I believe this is an adaptation from Disney. Uh, Better Nate Than Never, uh, based on the, I believe the book, Better Nate Than Never, it premieres on Disney Plus in spring 2022. 
I noted it because it's a musical, so I wanted to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it's about kind of a teenager, a young young teenager in the Midwest who has these big fantasies of becoming a Broadway star. But meanwhile, he's kind of like a quiet, shy kid who can't even get any roles in like his tiny local plays. So he has these fantasy sequences of being a big Broadway show performer. And uh, then the reality of him kind of being this nerdy kid who wants to break out and be a Broadway star, but doesn't have the confidence to do it. So that could be a fun one to watch. I don't know much about it, but it looks kind of cool. I like it. I like musicals, so I'm sure I'll get, get some I joy out, out of it. I checked out when you said musical. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Joe will be getting much out of it, but if you, hey, watch our show, and I'll, I'll guarantee I'll be reviewing this one at least at least giving my thoughts on it. I hope it's a show, but if it's a movie, it's to me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna skip it. You can watch it. If you say it's good, I'll, 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 good, I'll, I'll review that one. I believe it's a... <laughs> what if I say it's it's really, really good, Joe? You know, it could be great. It could be as good as, like, Unless Hocus it's in your Pocus top two, five, which also comes out in 2022. It. There's been one good musical ever, <laughs> and it's called The Lion King. And I'm talking about the original animated one, not anything else. Both were pretty good, you know? Uh, fall 2022, so I would just imagine and around Halloween, they're going to be dropping Hocus Pocus 2. Reunites the trio. The at least the trio. I don't know if any of the other cast are coming back. No. Does anyone care about the yeah, other cast? No. You got Bette Midler, you got Sarah Jessica Parker. Kathy and Jamie. <laughs> well, man, to... I... Sarah Jessica Parker needs to quit whatever she's doing because she can't find anything good to be in because apparently that Sex and the City reboot sucks. I've never seen a single episode of it or watched either movie. But does anyone care? No, no one should care, because that sucks. Also, Kathy and Jimmy's only been in one good thing, and it's called King of the Hill, and the original Hocus Pocus. And Bette Midler, well, she's just Bette Midler. But yeah, no one cares about the rest of the cast coming back. Does anyone, is anyone hyped about, like, the sister, or the brother, or that hot girl that the brother was into coming back? No. No, they're no. And Tristan's froze again, so who knows? So now I'm stuck, basically having to talk about Hocus Pocus. Oh, he's back. Tristan, save me. Talk about something else so I don't have to talk about Hocus Pocus this whole time. Yeah, I don't need you improvising my Hocus Pocus too long, Joe. I don't want to leave you, leave you boiling. Yeah. Uh, we have a Pinocchio adaptation coming out, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, When's the last time Robert Zemeckis off his game put for a while. good product? <laughs> yeah, I like the it... walk only because it was like 3D and the 3D and it was really cool and that's about it. I didn't know yeah, to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt do a French accent for two hours. That was rough. No offense. Joseph he'll be Gordon-Levitt. in this. You know, maybe he'll be doing a British accent in here. Well, who's Him, he Tom playing? Hanks, Luke Evans. Ah, oh, Luke Evans. That's a, that's an actor that we're all going to watch. <laughs> no offense. Luke Tom Hanks, Hanks, I have to imagine, is playing like the old Geppetto, man. Geppetto, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt really in this garbage movie? He is. He's listed on the on the cast list. I don't know what his character, which character he's playing, it but he's in the list one. of people. I missed on the Disney Plus uh, 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 I'm going thing, I so. think the show is the movie is called Geppetto. I'm going to IMDb. I'd be curious. I know. I think there's multiple adaptations of Pinocchio coming out in the same year. Isn't uh, what's his face doing one that just did Nightmare Alley? Or was... I think so. I think we're getting at least two next year of Pinocchio adaptations, and one of them is at uh, Disney Plus, and one of them is not. If I if I remember right. But I have the Robert Zemeckis 2022 uh, one right here. 
for the okay, cast would character. Okay, would you rather see? Would you rather see Jiminy Cricket? Guillermo del Toro's version <clears throat> of uh, Pinocchio with Kate Blanchett, Ron Perlman, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Ewan McGregor, Finn Wolfhard, Tim Blake Nelson, John Turturro, those guys, or would you rather see? Whoever, Robert Zemeckis with Tom Hanks, Luke Evans, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael <laughs> Key, Cynthia Erivo, and that, and those people. Look, that cast list alone is going to sell me on the other one. You know, Robert Zemeckis, Disney Plus original, that just sounds like yeah. something that'll go in my yeah. eyes and then out the other end, and I won't even remember that I watched it. I couldn't you tell know. if you were <laughs> speculating or not, but or if you were saying that's his actual role, but... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing Jiminy Cricket. It'll be watchable. You know what? I, I enjoy Pinocchio, so it'll be. I'm sure we'll review it on here. And, and I, hey, Robert Zemeckis, I love Back to the Future. You know, <laughs> Robert Forrest Zemeckis Gump, has some bangers, right? He just hasn't made one in 15, 20 years. Yeah, Cynthia Riva is playing the Blue Fairy. Luke Evans is playing the Coachman. I don't remember who Honest John is, but that's Keegan Michael Key's character. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like one that will be worth watching and talking about and then not quite talking about much afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, stop we talking have, about that movie. We have The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, I think. Oh, we're definitely excited for that. A reboot of The Proud Family, yep. bringing it back to the original cast, tri- picking right back up where it left off. You know, it's going to be a nice revival of an old show. Joe, I know you had more history of this than yeah, I, I watched, did, so what are you thinking of this? I watched it a lot growing up. I f- think it's not even like a reboot or remake anything. It's almost like a straight-up continuation. They're like, a lot of it had to do with timely stuff going on in the day, so uh, I definitely think it's going to be kind of more of just like a continuation start where they left off, but also top, talk about topics that happened today. Would not be at all shocked if George Floyd isn't name-checked in uh, one of the episodes, so yeah, I'm definitely excited for it and interested in watching it. I'm looking forward to that. I remember watching the original show on and off here and there, not as often as you did, but this will be a nice one to kind of get me into the characters, and I'll be more so of a first-time viewer, because I know the characters bad. I'm not necessarily invested in, in the stories or anything like that of these people, yep. so it'll be fun to watch and get both of our takes on it. We also have one that uh, I am personally invested in, and uh, they announced it on Disney Plus. They have Spiderwick Chronicles adaptation on Disney Plus. Mm. Uh, I liked the Spiderwick Chronicles a lot when I was a kid. There are these fantasy coming of age stories that came up around the same time of Harry Potter. So they were in the same kind of young adult vein of that, but they were a lot more dark, a lot more in the fantasy kind of monster side of it than Harry Potter was. So. I'm looking forward to this. They had some movies at one point, one or two, I think, that were attempting to make the Spider-Man Chronicles, but their problem was that uh, they were trying to fit essentially like the whole se- series of books into a single movie, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, how are you doing that? Good luck. And I think uh, a series is a much better place for it. And you never know at Disney Plus what demographic they're going to aim this for. It could be something that is not really at all for me and goes for much more of the younger side, and that would be fine. You know, everything has to be for me. But if they're going for, like, the series of fortunate events kind of tone, it could be something that I like, something that I get out of, especially since I do know the story and know the characters. So this could be a fun one for me to finally see brought to life in hopefully a proper way. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never, I don't know anything about the Spider-Wit Chronicles. I'd love to add to the conversation, but it would just be a waste of time. 
like me ranting for an hour and a half or ranting for 15 minutes about the first episode of Boba Fett. Just Look, I mean, that's what that's I know you love it, Joe. We have another uh, Disney Plus show here, Baymax, an adaptation or uh, a spinoff from Big Hero 6 following Baymax, the, the robot character from Big Hero 6. Who who wants to watch that? I don't Not know. Me. But it, I liked Big Hero 6. Big Hero so. 6 is fine. Just give me Big Hero 7, you know. <laughs> I don't care about Baymax. Give me Big Hero 7. It could be cool, you know. Give me some really good visuals. I thought Big Hero Six had a great. It's gonna be an animated show on great... Disney Plus. You're not gonna get cool visuals. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, what else do we got? Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Any, any hype for that, Joe? Hell yeah, major hype. I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I have a friend on Twitter who's unnecessarily invested in this and keeps tweeting at the writers saying, when are you releasing Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Give me their Twitter Give... handle. I'm going to retweet everything they say and favorite and all that. I can't remember. It's like two people that are like cool are actually like voicing Chippendale, but I can't remember who it is. We I'll... have, uh, it starts John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. That's who it is. I'm like, it's two people that I like are voicing, you know, John Mulaney has his problems in his personal life, but I like his work, you know? I believe Seth Rogen is also has a small role. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. who knows? Super Dead all of a sudden sounds like something I might like. It's got Launchpad and a Quack, man. Or maybe that was Tailspin. I don't remember. Both shows were amazing. Well, if you liked, I'll dig into the trash for you, Joe, for one more one more pick. Because I know you were a big fan of Diary of Whippy Kid, and That's we speculated, just... hey, are they going to make sequels? Maybe they'll make like a franchise out of this. Apparently, they've already done it because Diary of Whoopi Kid 2, Roger Rules, yeah, is already set that. to be released in 2022. <laughs> yes, probably not. I'm not going to watch it. But I finally got some stuff that I think you would be into, Joe. Yes. I know you liked the previous season, so we got season three of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Big Red. Joe's hero, Big Red, is back. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, me and Joe both really like the first two seasons of this, and season three is adapting. Each So each season of this is about a high school musical group that is adapting a different play. So the first season they were adapting high school musicals. So it was kind of a meta thing of a school play adapting high school musical on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> it was very very interesting thing to watch. The second one wasn't as meta. They were just adapting Beauty and the Beast. So it wasn't as... Like weird and kind of goofy what, as it I've, was when they were adapting yeah. High School Musical, and I believe the third season is going to be Frozen. So, also, uh, um, so my thing was going back to our previous conversation. I watched a lot of Ducktales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Tailspin, like back to back to back a lot as a kid, and I kind of confused them. This is my childhood hero, Launchpad McQuack, right? He was I like the best. him. He was in Ducktales. And uh, not in Chippendale Rescue, but I'm so hyped for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And Baloo uh, was the character that was the pilot in Tailspin. Uh, just to clear up any confusion. Anyways, I was really confused. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Big Red, High School Musical. He better be. Oh, Big Red's definitely playing um, Gunther or whatever, right? The the Sven, right? Or Sven the Moose. Oh. Who's the I think the, the, the guy that owns the moose? That's got to be Big see, Red. See, I right? I was wondering if Big Red would be like a Olaf, you know? That could be a fun Ooh, character. Hmm. So Olivia Rodrigo is either playing Anna or Elsa, and then the girl that keeps trying to move away and it not working out is gonna be the other one. And um, let's see, let's cast, let's figure out who they're playing. Let's 
So I will I will tell you that having seen Frozen the musical, the Olaf character uh, is not a character in a costume; it's a puppet, and so whoever is playing Olaf is not going to be in an Olaf costume. They might for this, but if they're doing an actual adaptation of the Broadway musical of Frozen, uh, they do a puppet Olaf, and then ha- kind of have a guy like in a weird black costume moving him around. Not the best looking effect, I would say. Not the most effective use of uh, of stage work, but <laughs> so I, I I think Big Red is either that. Uh, Sven, that Sven guy. Well, I can't remember if his name's Sven or if the moose's name's Sven. But Sven is the moose, and then the other guy is Gunther. I don't remember. Hans then, was the bad guy. Hans, Hans is gonna be uh the popular, the main kid, not the popular kid, but the uh, um, Olivia Rodrigo's ex is gonna be that guy. It's gonna be Hans. He's a perfect Hans. I can see it. Do you think him, or do you think who's the guy, the Instagram famous guy? You know, no, because isn't to... he a senior? Isn't he gone? Isn't he moved? He away? might be gone. You're right. I think I've been a long time since I've watched season two. I think maybe he moved away. Mm, yeah, I, I can't remember other characters in Frozen. But... I think Olivia Rodrigo. You got to make her. I mean, the plot makes you want to make her Elsa, right? Because she's going to be like the main character. But I also think she'd be a good Anna. Like if I was casting. Yeah. I think her is Anna, and then I think the uh, other girl that's like the that's kind of had that was like the villain in season one, and now she's like reformed and like a friend. I think she's gonna be Elsa. Yes, I think so too. I think that's a good pick. We got Big Red. I'm I'm going Big Red as Olaf. That's my pick. So who's playing uh, not Sven? Not Sven. Or does a girl? Do they have a girl play Olaf? Oh, they could swap it. They could swap it out. You know, I do think there's going to be some swapping around. You know, it'd be more interesting if you got a bit of a change up. You know, maybe you yeah. switch out some characters you're not expecting. Olivia Rodrigo as Olaf. <laughs> that would be fun. You have an arc where she's like, "Oh, I, I thought I was going to be the star, but now I have to be like the background Olaf." But we already had that in season two, where she was like the rose or whatever. <laughs> I'm excited for it, Joe. It's going to be good. Yeah, I like Frozen. I I like the musical. Moana's I like the movie better. more than I like the musical, but it'll be fun to see them adapt it. And Olivia Rodrigo, of course, is such an all star. It's fun yeah. to see her in this. So it's like I I can't wait to see her back in the show. Yep, same. We have I believe it's a series of shorts, Zootopia Plus. So they're going to be kind of short set in the world of Zootopia. So I, if you, I imagine if you've watched some of the other Pixar shorts or you've watched like Star Wars Visions in a way with shorts, I think this could be. Uh, Joe's giving it a thumbs down. He's he's immediately turned off by the Zootopia. Zootopia shorts. was not great. It, messaging on that movie was weird. It wanted I to have a whole thing about race and like basically be an allegory for race, but then also make the predators like. I don't know. It's weird. Like they they didn't really understand their own movie. I think. I will say that I thought the world of Zootopia was really fascinating, and I I thought that was more more so than the plot. I just thought the world was really cool, and it was a fun world to be a part of. And you imagine like that, the DMV scene with the sloths. You know, that was something that stood beyond the movie itself. People loved that scene, so I think that giving us these shorts within the world of Zootopia could be could be fun, because I think that's where the premise works the best. Is these kind of what is it like for the animals to do human things, yeah. <laughs> and like. You could just, you could just play with that in these shorts, not have to worry about necessarily working in a larger theme while still having to be a Disney movie. Uh, so I think 
that that could work out. I'll definitely be something that I watch. I don't know about Joe, but I I would definitely be watching Utopia Plus. Um, I'll watch it because we have this show. But uh, beyond that, I don't care. No offense. If you're if you're a big Zootopia guy and you're out there being like, I can't wait for Zootopia Plus, go watch Cobra Kai. It's better. Here's one for me that I'm only watching probably because of the show, but that I'm sure has a huge amount of excitement behind it, and that's Willow. Uh, it's set I'm a few decades after Ron Howard's classic 1988 Willow. Uh, continues from the adventure where it left off. Warwick Davis is back. Uh, I think we have a couple of other, one or two other returning casts maybe, but I, I know for sure Warwick Davis is back. And then there's a huge cast of new young people coming in. So that's going to be kind of the fun of it is seeing seeing Warwick Davis and the classics interact with this young new cast that they're clearly kind of setting up for a franchise or a long running thing with these new characters. So I imagine if you have a lot of love for Willow, a lot of nostalgia for Willow, you might be jumping up and down for this, but I got nothing on Willow. I, I watched it when I was a kid and it would just kind of pass through me, <laughs> you know, it wasn't one of the ones that stuck. So I'll be watching this because of the show, but it wasn't, it's not one that I'd be going excited for if it wasn't for this. Uh, I've never seen it. I'm definitely going to watch it before the show comes out. We've probably talked about this before. Do you think Val Kilmer makes any kind of appearance? I feel like he has to, you know? He's still alive. So. He's still acting. He has this whole, like, voice thing. But... He and he's having like, a mini resurgence. You know, he had his documentary this year, and he's had a couple of appearances here and there on things, so... I feel like I you could, could just... I feel back. like you could have him appear and, like, literally explain it. His voice being gone for any number of reasons. Whether he lost a sword fight... Whether some kind of magic shit, you know, do whatever. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to your thoughts on the movie too, Joe. So I would be be curious to have you have fresh have eyes a, come into this. When we have a clearer picture of when it comes out, I'll watch the movie. I don't want to watch the movie now and then have it be like Willow coming th- this Thanksgiving and be like I'm not gonna remember any of the movie when that actually comes out and then I'll have to watch it again. So when we know more of when it's truly coming out, I'll watch it. And lastly, I have what is surely to be the highlight of 2022 from Disney, and that is Cars on the Road. Yes! Cars on the Road! <laughs> Woo-hoo. Revealed by none other than Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, cars on the Road is an upcoming Cars series revealed uh, during last month's Disney Plus kind of day presentation. That was a few months ago at this point. Uh, so Major's going to come back, Larry the Cable Guy. Lightning McQueen is going to come back, Owen Wilson. So, hey, ka-chow, you know, let's let's do it. Ka-chow! I love the Cars franchise. It's the best movie franchise of all time. I love it. I only watched the first one. I've seen them all hundreds of times. Every day I come home, it's Cars. Cars 2, <laughs> Cars 3, Cars, Cars, Cars. Or, or, I've only ever seen the first one. You pick your pick. I'm on one of two stances on this franchise. <laughs> I'll check out the show. You know, I could get a kind of baked beans. Get ready for cars. Yeah, but, I can do it. Yeah, but we gotta, goddamn, we gotta, uh, we gotta at least see the other movies, you know, so we have more awareness of the Cars franchise going into Cars on the Road. That's true. We gotta do a, a drink along of all three Cars movies. Tomater. Tomater. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go to let's go to the high point, Joe. I know we're both Star Wars fans. We've been Star Wars, uh, nothing but Star Wars. It seems like that's our show for a while, but. Yeah. We've been talking about Book of Boba Fett, but Book of Boba Fett's going to continue along and end uh, probably early February of this year, if the math is right. Uh, so we've already talked about that. But after that, I imagine our next Star Wars show, according to the Disney Plus coming soon section, is going to be o- Obi-Wan Kenobi, the yeah. long, long 
awaited Ewan McGregor returned yep. to Obi-Wan. Even before Disney bought Star Wars, people were asking Ewan McGregor to come back for another movie or another show, another anything. And it was always like, oh, maybe, maybe I, I would love to someday. I love the character. But it didn't seem like there was any real reality of that happening. But once Still Disney is. came around and they brought the franchise back, this was one that was first on the docket. Even when people were talking about, they were, they announced they were going to make Star Wars Episode Seven and maybe some spinoffs. The first question was, oh, do we get an Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff? set between episode three and four and we're finally getting it it seems like it's going to be a single standalone season similar to book boba fett maybe where it's just obi-wan kenobi in this timeline we don't know much about it really we have cast we know that darth vader is back we know that owen and brew are back we don't know the scale of any of the roles but i'm looking forward to it joe it's a long awaited as a star wars fan as a prequel diehard as a defender of the prequels to my dying breath this is going to be what I've been waiting for. So I have thoughts on the Kenobi show. There's been rumors of what the plot is, and I don't want to get into it. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that maybe doesn't want spoilers. I'm intrigued by the plot. I still say this is going to be the most controversial Star Wars uh, release uh, next to The Last Jedi. Maybe even stronger than The Last Jedi. Because uh, basically the plot of... or the Kenobi fans are in two camps. There's one group that vehemently wants a slow burn introspective show about Obi-Wan learning to be a force ghost. They don't want him to leave Tatooine. They don't want anything like action-y really. They want this slow, force-centered, introspective type show. Similar to kind of in a way of what the first episode of Book of Boba Fett was. The other group... Uh, hears that and thinks that sounds boring as shit. Not to say it's bad, it's just, you know, slow-paced, whatever. And they want a fun show of Obi-Wan Kenobi going on adventures. And I just don't think the two groups uh, are very interested in each other's show at all. And you can't please both. And so they're going to have to pick a side. I'm pretty sure I know what side they picked. It's just based on uh, what Kathleen Kennedy and people behind at Lucasfilm have said about this show of like what this show is kind of about. You can kind of guess what side they picked. It's going to be the side that's going to appeal to a more general audience because that would be the smarter pick. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like a lot of the people in the other group are going to not be very happy. And I feel like they're going to be like, this betrays canon, this betrays that one weird half sentence that Darth Vader said in that one movie, even though. It could also confirm and help support all of the other things they said, because really, a lot of the stuff in the original trilogy, if you kind of puzzle piece it together, doesn't line up with itself. So, it's not anyone else's fault that they can't make it all line up. I'm hoping for the best for this one, Joe, but like you said, Star Wars is in such a strange place among its fans. It seems like there's a very much a two camps, and it's either you please one or you please none, you know? And I... It's unfortunate because I would love to see something that was a bit more ambitious, a bit more creative than just saying, oh, here's Darth Vader again, and here's here's Ahsoka and Anakin again. You know, I, I've seen them. I don't need them again. But, but you can do more beyond that as well. I, I definitely think the Force Ghost is like going to play a part of it. I definitely think that's going to be a piece of it, but I think a show where... Obi-Wan doesn't leave Tatooine and it's just kind of this slow kind of vibe show of him not using a lightsaber, not really doing anything action-y. It's just kind of him, a slice of life almost of Obi-Wan. 
I think it sounds just, like my kind of show. Yeah, you know? it sounds like your kind of show, <laughs> but also like we talk about like Twitter engagement and all that. It's a show that loses the casual audience halfway through the first episode. You're very right. I think the iconography of you using Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan does give people the extra benefit of. Uh, coming in, like I talked about WandaVision, and I think if WandaVision drops no context, people are like, what is this stuff? But the fact that it's MCU, the fact that it's Wanda and Vision, yeah. people are like, okay, I'll, I'm willing to put up with a bit of weird because I know where this is ultimately going to go. So I would hope to pe- yeah. see just a little bit of ambition. I don't mean this to be like an A24 Star Wars yeah. show. But like, but even look at. I hope it's not just another. I don't, I don't want it to be like solo where it feels like they're cramming a bunch of, oh, this is how this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it's like, oh, we got to connect everything and explain everything because fans want everything to connect to other things. And it, it feels weirdly like solo was too married to the canon where it was like, oh, we need to make sure that all these things connect to each other and make sense. And I hope that we can either totally let go of that with the Obi-Wan show and be like, as long as you squint, it holds together. You know, I don't care about like, oh, one line here and there doesn't make sense. Like as long as it's not totally changing the entire context of the story or something like it, I don't care about little things not connecting. So I'd rather they throw out little tiny plot details to make a better show and be like, well, Darth Vader said this one line in New Hope in 1977. So now we can't do anything with that storyline because we, we have to follow the canon of this one line. Yeah, it's like, this is a presence I haven't felt since, and then he just stops talking, and now, because of that, because you could infer that he was talking about Revenge of the Sith, anything that betrays that half of line pisses off fans, and it's like, y'all just need to, like, let go, and just let it happen, and then assess the quality of what you were given, you know? You know, if you watch the special edition, you get the extended cut of that line where he says, this is the presence I haven't felt since... Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus 2022. Exactly. Exactly. Just to make sure it, you know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, Ewan oh, McGregor back as Obi-Wan, how are you not a little, at least a little excited for something yeah. like that? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, and I believe next up, what do we have? Uh, Bad Batch? Yeah, you like season one? Yeah, we've one? got We're Bad Batch season you two. You like season one? Well, you don't have to watch it. We're getting more of it. <laughs> pretty much i imagine like a lot of the animated shows are going to step it up a bit in the second season a bit more dark a bit more plot oriented but i i enjoyed season one i wasn't in love with it but i i i thought it was a strong start and i could definitely see where it would grow and go to in the future as someone who's recently rewatched all of the star wars shows if i could re- rank the star wars animated shows i think of just their season one so don't at me see i think Strictly talking season one, Rebels is one, Bad Batch is two, Clone Wars is three, Resistance is four. I think yeah, Prime, I Prime Clone Wars was seasons four on. Um, and that makes me excited for this because season one was very strong. And from all these other shows, they've all gotten better as they went along. Like Rebels season one was very, very strong, but I thought it got even better and better as the show went along. So if this show can get better and better with each passing season i think went for some pretty big heat and i like the first season of bad batch it had that balance of connecting with characters but not feeling like you had to know these characters to understand what was happening you know they'd only been in one clone wars arc before and that i feel like that clone wars arc was almost more of like a backdoor pilot like of a like they were planning on doing bad bats so they're like oh we gotta we're gonna do an arc that covers these characters so people can connect to them and have an idea who they are it wasn't like, oh, these characters were popular. Let's make a show about them six months later, a year later, whatever. 
Yeah, looking forward to season two, especially because somehow Bad Batch became the one show that started delivering us like Snoke and Palpatine plot out of nowhere at one point or another. (laughs) So it was like, oh, what the heck? Maybe season two will start giving us some more sequel plot. Right, what's after that? Uh, after that, uh, we've we've got Andor. That's our our final topic to talk about in this 2022 preview. Is yeah. I think technically Andor. we'll get Mandalorian season three at some point, but I doubt this season finishes in 2022. Yeah, I wasn't sure to include it or not because I, I, I think I'm it's of the opinion be... that it doesn't make the cut. Well, based on the timeline of when it records and everything, I think it will. But I think it's going to be a book of Boba Fett situation where it probably premieres around Christmas time. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, I I think yeah. If it makes a cut, it's like the last week of the year. But Andor is definitely making the yeah, cut. Yeah, Andor under production forever. Uh, yeah, supposedly. Andor, if you don't know, is is yeah. spinoff from uh, Rogue One. Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor from Rogue One. He's getting a prequel set. I'm not quite sure how far before Rogue One it is, but obviously it's going to be at least a few months, yeah. or if not years, before Rogue One. So we're going to get his origin story and the Rebels and kind of. Uh, I mentioned earlier. The dark side of the rebels. I think that's something we're gonna, we're going to get here. Like, how far is the rebellion willing to go in order to get what they want? You know, how what the, what will they lose for victory? Yep. And I think this has a really strong potential to go and elevate Rogue One from being a really good Star Wars movie into being like a fantastically great Star Wars movie. Because for me, the big thing that held me back from Rogue One was that I was watching all these characters die in really powerful ways, but I didn't necessarily care about them very much. Uh, so if they can g- use this show to make me care about Andor, to make me care about some of the other characters around him, maybe I might end up really, really going back and loving Rogue One. Yeah, I think from what I've been hearing, and as far as rumors and leaks, I feel like it's going to be very much like James Bond inspired, uh, which would be fun. You know, you have Mandalorian, which is very much like Eastern uh, inspired, and Lone Wolf and Cub and that storyline, and uh. Book of Boba Fett seems to be very much like Godfather and like Dances with Wolves or Fern Gully or Avatar or whatever of that story you want to say inspired and I you know this kind of having the James Bond ask inspiration and you could almost uh, retroactively have Rogue One almost have a spoiler alert recent James Bond movie that I'm not going to say the title of uh, have that give it that kind of feeling if you know what I'm talking about yes really I know what you're saying elevate that uh, I'm definitely uh, would be intrigued by that. I definitely, I think we're gonna get a Canto Bite uh, appearance because how do you not have James Bond go to a casino? How do you not have your James Bond of this go to a uh, um, uh, basically the, you know like a casino planet? Uh, yeah, you know, a casino planet. <laughs> Duh, that's. I think. Uh... What I'm most excited for about this is that you're guaranteed to get a change up in location and look. You know because. Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett have both kind of looked somewhat similar. Like Book of Boba Fett is just kind of stuck so far on this this desert location. We've seen so much of you know these outer rim abandoned kind of locations that uh, are are nice and gorgeous to look at and very Star Wars. But I think Andor gives us a chance to see much different urban locations. Maybe you get to Coruscant. I think that'll be a very very different look and feel much more tight, much more kind of dark and grimy. Than these big outdoor volume kind of kind of locations that are kind of starting to feel samey a little bit between these two shows in a way. So I'm looking forward to a change up for the for the look and feel and of the shows. Andor will give us like a lot of insight into 
kind of the vibes of the sh- of shows moving forward because like even just small stuff you don't think about but with like the ending the credits with like the concept art or is that okay is that like a live action Star Wars thing or is that like a Favreau and Filoni verse kind of thing because Andor is separate from that and that's going to be the first live action show that's separate from that so we'll kind of see if they do that with this show then it's like okay then that's how what we can expect from every live action Star Wars show but if it's like the credits roll and it's just against like the stars or it's just against like the final shot of the episode or whatever then we'll know like okay that's you know we could see all kinds of different things as far as like tone and like things of the show you don't even think about yeah I'm really looking forward to it and uh yeah Star Wars has a really loaded year this year uh we have a couple like you said uh Mandalorian we're not quite sure if it's gonna make it I wouldn't think the whole season would but maybe a couple of episodes but yeah we have some pretty stacked stuff not as stacked as Marvel but you have an Obi-Wan Kenobi show an Andor show Bad Batch and then they're finishing up with Boba Fett yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem as stacked as Marvel but you're gonna have two of the shows are gonna have a lot longer of an episode it's like Andor I think is 12 and Book of Boba Fett is or not Book of Boba Fett Bad Batch is 16 so yeah, that is true, because 16 episodes is a lot. That's like two or three Marvel shows sometimes compared to... Yeah. But yeah, pretty nice year, and I th- I like the variety of it, too. You have an animated show, you have uh, Obi-Wan's Out in the Desert episode yeah. kind of show, and then you're going to have Andor, which I imagine is not going to be set in Tatooine. You know, so you have what if it was? Three... <laughs> what if this is like every show? Hey, Bad Batch, they're going to go live on Tatooine this year. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it could, it could be the Tatooine universe. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like it. We get a couple of shows, and it's a very wide range of shows across the Star Wars universe and timeline. So, All right. I think that's going to wrap us up for the week. You know, we've talked Book of Boba Fett. We've talked 2022 and Disney+. Plus. We shall be back next week to cover, um, you know, the most recent episode of Bad Batch and whatever else drops on Disney+. Plus. And uh, Tristan, if you don't have anything else further to say. No, it was a good time, Joe. I'm uh, looking forward to next week. Without further ado, goodbye. Hey, thank you for watching the Movie Change Up podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed, and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.